0: a major i'm like major 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 and she was like no i'm like you know i'm just gonna say how i'm gonna say it okay so this cloth is really interesting is that when the babies are born back then they're wrapped really really tight from the top kind of like a swaddle and most of yours have been swaddled before but the bottom part of the baby is actually left loose and you know why it's left loose it's because if the baby's got to go number one or number two it comes out a little bit easy now back then they didn't have diapers or or cool ways to hold all this stuff so they actually carried around clay pots pots that would actually catch the poo and the pee okay and actually this tradition today is still used wildly in many countries today okay and only is the baby wrapped in cloth but the baby would be in a major and i was like you know if you were going anywhere and seeing a baby in a place where animals would feed, that's a little different, okay? And it's wrapped in cloth. You'd probably uh, pick up the baby and call 911 or Child Tax Services, okay? Because it shouldn't be there. But this is a sign that simply that the angel told these shepherds. This is your sign that you're going to see the Messiah, the Savior of the world, who is the Lord and Messiah. And I'm like, that's a pretty easy sign to see uh, if I was a shepherd. But remember, shepherds were uneducated, no one talked to them, and no one gave them a choice. So here they are having this opportunity to actually see this uh, prophecy to come in place. And this is an amazing, amazing uh, moment for uh, the shepherds to kind of embrace and see. Let's go to verse uh, 13 to 14. And it says, this suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those whom his favor rests. Now, the word host in Greek, go back to it again, is stratia. And the word actually means an army. So this army, after seeing this angel come before the shepherds, a whole army shows up. And I you, I'm just like this, this, this my homie other uh, shepherd, just standing there, like, okay, I see an angel. Now, there's a whole magnitude of angels coming towards me in an army. And they weren't singing, but what they're actually doing, they were chanting, they were speaking of to glorify God. So here's an angel. Here's the army of other angels. Here's two shepherds. There's a sheep somewhere over there, and it's like the middle of the night. And I don't know about you, you're probably hoping, like, does anyone see this? Like, does anyone even know this is going on in the distance? Probably not. And what was what was this this army of angels trying to do? Was trying to have these shepherds understand that you're gonna glorify the reasons why we're glorifying God is because you're gonna be redeemed, you're gonna be saved, and not only you're gonna be saved and be redeemed, that we're gonna get and show you why you're gonna be redeemed and why you're gonna be saved. And so these angels, this army of these shepherds, man, it's just. It's going to be tingles because if you're standing there and this is all going on, these shepherds, they're trying to process what's going on. And they're listening. They're taking in. They're probably not talking back at all. They're probably just kind of just staring and looking. And we're going to verse 15, and it says this. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. It's very clearly that, these, that the angel and this army of angels went back to heaven to actually force to actually describe and show them that they're not just going to disappear, but they actually went back to heaven to show the shepherds that there's a place that you're actually going to go and be and actually have, which is heaven. And so with all this information that the shepherds have, they kind of ponder and think, and they said to one another, you know what? Angels are here, this army. Let's go check out this Messiah in Bethlehem. Let's go see this. We, we got all this information, all these facts. Why not? So they have a direct correlation of knowing where to go because of information. Now, a couple months ago, uh, last year, I was in New York. And uh, going on the subway is a really hard, crazy, task kind of maneuver. Is the A train, the B train, is the express or not? Are you going uptown, downtown? So... Me being who me I am, I just just randomly ask people for directions, okay? And so I ask this guy for directions, and he turns to me, and he goes, in his, like, thickest South African Cape Town accent he's like, brother, I don't know where I'm going either, man. Can you help me too? And we stand there. I look at him like, what are you? And we have this conversation. We just talk it up and chop it up. And so we're both lost. We have no direction where we're going. And like me, I like meeting complete strangers, and more importantly, just to hang out and chat with them. Um, days later, we hang out. And what do two complete strangers do? They meet in the subway in New York. We have shakes and pies at a place called Junior's. And this is Michael, uh, Michael Biswick. And we keep in contact still today, every day, just randomly. And um, we didn't meet him for a couple of days because he was going so I was going somewhere. And it, <laughs> he texted me, he's like, well, Bruh, I'm at Popeye's Chicken. People are fighting. I got to get out of here. And I was laughing. I'm all, bro, you're at Popeye's Chicken, okay? It's going to happen, okay? And we were clueless. We had no direction of where we were going, where we were going to be. And um, these, these shepherds, they know where exactly they're going to be, where they're going to go, who they're going to see, and who they're going to meet. That's one of the most amazing things about these shepherds is that they listened and they followed. I had no idea where I was going or who I was going to meet and the people I was going to see. And um, I had just a wonderful conversation with Michael. I asked him straight about his faith. During pie and milkshake I said, do, do you know Jesus? And he looked at me while chomping down his, his pie and his, his smoothies. He said, like, well, I, I've heard of Jesus. There's just a church nearby, but maybe I'll check it out. Maybe, maybe I'll give it a try. You know, from no directions to having a direction and a, a, it's a really intimate conversation with Michael from South Africa and Cape Town. You know, it's definitely one of my highlights of the whole entire trip to New York. Let's go to verse 16 to 18. And it says this, so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was laying in the manger. When they seen him, they spread the word concerning what had happened to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. So they go. They find Mary. They find Jesus. They find Joseph. And I don't know about you, but Mary and Joseph are like, who invited you to our Christmas party? Like, who Who are you? Like, why are you even here? Right? And they're probably telling Joseph and Mary about the angels, about this army of those who were praising him, about how they found Jesus. And there's Jesus wrapped up, just like they said, the angels would say that we would be. And more importantly, not only did they seen Jesus, they seen Mary and Joseph, but they go about and tell about the Messiah They tell about our Savior who was born. And God gives these shepherds who have no business, these nobodies, an opportunity to see Jesus. And they're telling people about Jesus automatically, whatever they are, wherever dressed they are, how they smell, wherever they are, they're telling people, and these people that would normally despise them, would oversee them, and not even look at them, they actually were amazed at what they were hearing, and they took it in, and they were in conversation. These were their first, quote-unquote, Billy Graham conventions, right? These were their first evangelists, these are the first missionaries, that were telling people in Bethlehem about Jesus, about his son was born, And I don't know about you, if someone were to tell me about a son being born in Jesus that didn't look like who I wanted to associate with or talk with, I'd probably shine away. But these people, for every reason why they took it in, they heard it, they were amazed. Not at the shepherds, they were amazed at what God was telling them, what was being happening, what was going on. And we're wrapping up verses 19 and 20, and it says this, but Mary... Treasured of all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all things they have heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Mary, when she gave birth to Jesus, she was a teenager. And I don't know about you, being a teen mom is just crazy to think about what she's going through, what she's seeing, what she's feeling. And the word treasured up means that she is t- writing down these, there's these things that's going on in her head. There's so much, kind of like a to-do list on your iPhone or, or, or you have a journal. And she's taking all these in after these shepherds left. And when it says pondered up, the word pondered means that she's taking a little deeper into an understanding of why is all this happening? And she's just kind of just, just, just. Taking it in and, and just processing everything. Now, usually when uh, during this time of women who gave birth at that time, they were in the comforts of a place where they were to give birth. They were in the comforts of midwives. They were in the comforts of knowing that their child would be safe. So when Mary gave birth to Jesus, there's no comfort. Joseph, her husband, was there, and usually the men were not usually there for the childbirth. Usually there would be a mother or a sibling that is a female to be there. So everything that Mary would experience that would be comfortable, it was not. And everything is happening so quickly and so fast that Mary is just taking it all in slowly, taking it down and remembering. And she's cherishing it fully with this, this, this Messiah, this son that she has. And what do these shepherds do? They go back to what they do they go back to shepherding. They have a flock still. It's still it, this flock is still there. I have no idea what these sheep are doing as they took off. i they go see Jesus, okay? You know, there's no, like, gate, you know. There's no, like, civilian cameras. They're just probably there chilling and eating, and I have no idea what the time from they were gone. But they went back to work. They went back to what they do. But it says this. It says that they were filled with much more joy, praise, and they know what they're worshiping now. So these two guys, these two dudes, were the first people to actually encounter Jesus. The somebody that loves a nobody. These nobodies received Jesus to see him, to actually interact with him, to see the parents, to see angels, to see heaven, to actually understand the Savior was coming in form of the Messiah Yahweh for us. That is Exactly what Jesus wants everyone to know. That as nobodies, we're going to receive that love. And there's a ministry here that uh, um, I stumbled upon. And our church has been uh, serving them and and providing for them the last 20 years. And uh, I'm going to show you uh, just just this ministry. And it's here in Oakland. And there's a little uh, video of what they do and and how they love people that are nobodies. Um, There are definitely nobodies among us in this room in this place, but there's definitely more nobodies that's outside these walls. Maybe the cities that we live in, the communities where we work at, and um, it's a little, uh, just a little taste of, uh, there are some buddies that actually are loving these nobodies um, in Oakland.
1: To me, Harbor House is a safe environment where kids can, like, come here and do their homework and learn English and learn, like, social skills. It's a place, I've been coming to Harbor House since. Ooh, it's been a long time. <laughs> About 12,
0: 13, 14 years. Harbor House really a place to offer opportunity for the whole community, including adults and children, especially children. Herb House
1: is a good place where you learn and grow up and learn about God and about His love. The teachers are very nice and they always try to make it easy as possible. They try to help us one by one all the time. Sometimes at home they don't have like a person that they could trust or anything like that. And sometimes for some of the kids, we could be like that person that they trust, like that they could come to when something is wrong and talk to us about it.
0: Really I think it all comes down to a drive. I mean, if everybody's if they're driven, I think they can achieve anything they want.
1: Whether it be like you finished a really long problem on their homework that they didn't get, or just like you doing something silly and then they laugh. It's just like, bringing joy to them that they otherwise didn't get or something. Like, we're making their day. It's just like, or when they call you their best friend. That's a really nice one. They can make you happy, they can make you
0: angry, they can make you frustrated, they can do all that. But overall, I think we all love these kids and
1: we want the best for them moving forward and we'll do the best we can when they're here and to make them have fun and enjoy themselves. From here we are able to actually go quite deeply into our community. We now do things like provide education for the kids. We provide tutoring for our high schoolers. We
0: distribute food to anybody who lives around here and actually anybody who lives in Alameda County. We have now a robust clothing distribution because we get so many donations. We have an
1: ESL class for the adults who are trying to learn English. Um, and We just reach out to every aspect in the community. I like in the mornings when I work in family services that I get to see a lot of people like just really happy about the fact that they're going to get something to eat that day.
0: Harvard House is very helpful in time of need.
1: The food distribution is primarily to the people here in this area who have a need. Uh, Most of them are
0: pretty low income, if any income at all. We have a farmer's market
1: situation so the people feel like they're shopping and not just getting food. Uh, they pick out their, their produce and the best part is we get to interact with people. And some of them become, have become really nice friends. We get hugs uh, Yeah, we get hugs <laughs> and big thank yous. This house is located on the corner of East
0: 18th and 11th Avenue in the San Antonio District in Central Oakland, about a mile from Lake Mary. This is a good neighborhood, you know. They have all kinds of kids coming in, where they have school and they play outside. They play basketball and hockey.
1: It's good being loved and rather just be alone, without no one. Well, Harbor House is a safe place, they help you, and <laughs> the fact that, like, there are kids that are here and that aren't here who I've, like, physically helped learn English, and I know that, like, impacting their life in that way would further lead to, like, them becoming su- successful and making Oakland a better place. Which gives me joy to actually see. I
0: can clap um we have a special guest here today um and uh somebody from harbour house ministries is here and uh someone very someone actually really uh kind of uh, near and dear to me it's actually kind of funny i'm gonna call up denise denise lee and we're gonna we're gonna have like a, a like a, a interview ted talk style over here so don't worry denise i'm not gonna bite you can everyone welcome denise up to her stage So Denise, i known you since you were in high school, and so do you want to tell people how I saved your life too, by the way? No. I really did save her life though, so I'm going to let her explain how that happened, okay? I
1: feel like you would enjoy, you this? <laughs> I hear you. Uh, I feel like you would enjoy
0: this story. Okay, so Denise so the, so the uh, is actually a youth of our friends in their youth ministry, and uh, it's home of Christ 6, we were home of Christ 3, and Denise has came on uh, to a couple of our mission trips. And uh, every single time she would go on a mission trip to Tijuana, she would get hurt. Every single time. The first year, she was playing on the stage, and on a rusty nail, she got cut up on her leg. Had rushed to the hospital. Luckily, she was okay. No, there's no infection. The second year, she came on a missions. Uh, she just one morning couldn't uh, physically get up or move or walk, cause she felt so crazy. So I had to carry her from her tent to the other side of our camp base and she was just like oh i can't move i can't do anything you need to carry me i was like i can't carry you up a hill so i ended up carrying her i think halfway and i stopped i rested then i carried her halfway the race too i brought you a trailer and then my wife ended up taking care of her uh, actually in a really nice place but uh you just tell us a little about yourself and and where you're from and what school you went to and and um, yeah, who you are.
1: So, let's see, I am the youngest of three. I have two older brothers. Um, I grew up in Union City, Fremont area. Um, I went to James Logan for high school, and then I went to UCI for college. I studied in sociology with a minor in education. Um, And then, so I went to UCI for college. and then I'm in grad school now. I'm getting my master's in urban studies with emphasis in youth development. I think for me, if I were to sum up myself in a phrase, is I am generally someone that loves God and loves people, and I try to emulate that in all that I do. Um, so in high school, I always like I always knew um, what God wanted me to do. I felt blessed in that, and. Um, just felt like he tugged on my heart to like love on others um in high school my pastor said something really simple which is everyone desires um to love and be loved and i felt that and um and that's something that always that i always carried um and it made me want to be like yes that is so true people just want to feel loved and i felt that love so much from jesus that i wanted to do that to everyone that i met and um, not saying that like I am powerful and that I can love them, but I feel like even if I could show them a glimpse of love, that they would feel and know Jesus in that. Yeah,
0: um, no, but, yeah. we, uh, so this is back, and we've been always been friends uh, on Facebook, and once night we would have this funny bantering back and forth, and uh, she never, I knew that she was working in Oakland, and she knew that I was working in Oakland, but we never really said what we did in Oakland. And I remember she would say, hey, on, like, you have any volunteers to come out? And I was like, volunteer for what? Like, what did you even do? I have no idea. And somehow, some way, she finally said, hey, I work at Harbor House Ministries. And, and I'm actually in central Oakland. And this is where we need help. And can, can you come help? And the dates that she had for me, we couldn't do. And I said, like, can you give us anything to do? At harbor house i definitely want to reconnect with you and uh our church has been serving harbor house ministries for, for the last 20 years and we never had a really good connection with different uh executive directors until this year and our high schoolers came out a couple of fridays ago and i said we'll do anything and it's like anything i said yes and we just straight up cleaned harbor house I think one of our high school students was like, on. I don't think someone dusted this window like for ages. I said, how do you know? There's flies here and more flies and dead (laughs) flies and spider webs. I was cleaning a window, and I wanted to see the outside. I opened the window, and I I noticed that the hinge, it's not there. And the the latch is broken, so I had to climb in the window and close it back up. And they said, you shouldn't be opening windows on in the back. (laughs) But, Denise, so you're there at Harbor House Ministries, and your role is um, Director of Interns as well as Volunteer. Mm -hmm. Tell us something that you just love about Harbor House Ministries.
1: There are a lot of things that I love. Um, One of the things is I love um, being able to see and feel God's presence every day. Um, and I see that in um, the kids that are there and the people that receive help. Um, I love, actually this is the first time I saw that video in its whole entirety. I've seen it in like pieces. And um, so a lot of the high schoolers, the older kids that were speaking, those are my interns. And a lot of them are still there. I think the video was made last year. But what I love is that these interns are kids in the community. And so these are the kids that also need the help and need the pouring in. But they're there, and they spend their um, after-school time loving on kids younger than them. And they invest their time and their love loving on them when, I'm sure, growing up in their home, they're not receiving that love, but they're making sure that their future generation gets love. And so being able to be a part of that and um, investing in them, that's what I love. And just seeing that all in, like, a cycle is great, and I get to see that every day.
0: I would assume also that you love Oakland, too, being yes. in Oakland. <laughs> nice. Um, we know things that you do love about Harbor House, and today we're talking about this unlove, this, 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 this somebody that loves a nobody. What are things... You know, and, and your staff's not here. We're not going to tell your interns, your crew over there. What are things that you unlove about Harbour House?
1: Um, things that I unlove about Harbour um, House? I think it's just really hard that you have this vision and all these great things that you want to do, but you just don't have the resources or the help to do it. Um like I would love to have more programs for kids or even for interns to have like a youth night for them, um, but there's just not enough staff or uh, just not enough money or resources to help support those type of programs.
0: So what you're saying is that you want more people to get involved with Harbor House, whether yes. they're in college, there are mm-hmm. church, different churches, different places, just to 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 actually provide love. Yeah. Right?
1: Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, there's actually a great quote that uh, that I always keep with me, and it's um, godly passion is when your greatest passion meets the world's deepest needs. And I feel like that could be anyone. So if your passion is painting nails or, like, teaching dance, then you go do that. And um, whether that's kids in the community or kids even within this church. If you have a passion and you look at the world around you and there's a need, like, I feel like God has given us passions for a reason.
0: So what Denise is saying is that if you have that passion, bring it to Harbor House. Yes. Contact her. Email her. She'll be in the foray to talk more about what she does. But uh, I just want to give our church a glimpse of just um, what you do every day, live in action. And some of our high school students got a chance to really see and feel and touch and just be there. I got an email from one of the director of education, and she just said, On i've never seen the refrigerator in harbor house clean like this in the last three years thank you all the mold in our cabinet's gone thank you and she was just she was just ecstatic and i told the niece that i said hey we're gonna have a wonderful time being in partnership this coming year and then she was like yes bring more people bring everybody anybody you know and um as we kind of up today about somebody that knows, that loves nobodies, um, we're all nobodies here, to be honest with you. And when we experience God's love, we become that somebody. Not maybe to each other or to our families, to our friends, where we're at, but to Christ, but to God. And uh, he acknowledges that. And some of you here have the opportunity to actually be nobody, to actually understand God's love, and go, what is this love? What is this love that, that this, 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 this somebody, this God has for me? Maybe some of you here... Or ready for the next step to be that somebody that loves a nobody, a neighbor, a friend, somewhere in a harbor house of the children they're volunteering. is it a relative you don't like? Is it uh, somebody that you have a grudge with that you can't love? As we are prepared to go into a time of just response and reflection of what is God um, really uh, tugging on you about love and about unlove um, to just really think about how can you respond uh, last night, uh, I asked my daughter to, uh, uh, to make some heart stickers, and I'm wearing a heart sticker from her today. It's hand-drawn, it's customized, it's from her. It should be an art piece, okay? It should be valuable in a couple of years, okay? And there's tons of it on the communion table, and, and only get it if you're going to desire and want to, or even ponder about, can you love someone? Can you love someone that's nobody? Or can you decide that you actually want to start loving Jesus and this God that's his love for you. And maybe you're going to put it on right now and, and wear it and it's going to look fashionable and, you know, nice. Or you're going to hold on to it because you haven't made a decision to do that yet. And only take it because, remember, these are handmade by Karis, okay? if She sees you with it and it's on the floor. Dude, you're going to see a, a five-year-old cry like, why? Daddy, why are my stickers on the floor? No one wants my stickers, okay? I don't want to answer that, okay? But as we kind of close, think about your response. Think about your response to being a nobody. Uh, and there's some of that actually loves you. As, you, as we look into Luke 2, 8 to 20, these shepherds, these nobodies, are given the VIP treatment to actually seeing Jesus, to be there with him, to know him, and to actually see Christ be the Savior of this world. And I guarantee you when Christ is doing his ministries, these shepherds, they know they knew he was. They knew he is. They saw him when he was born. They were there. As we kind of close, let's um, be reminded of his, his love. Kind of like what that little boy said in the video. He says, I just want, it's it's lonely not being loved. You know, he's just so cute. But let's pray. Hear Lord, as we come before you, uh, may we exalt you. May we um, acknowledge that. Sometimes being a nobody, it's, it's, it's really, really hard. Because sometimes being a nobody, Lord, we, we don't feel feel love, feel wanted or accepted. But the moment, Father, Lord, that we acknowledge this love from you, we become somebody. You truly desire for us to be. And so, Lord, as we come in this time, I just to respond, just to think, just to pray, just to see, just to feel. May you, uh, may you ignite this Holy Spirit in us to understand um, and desire um, this love that you have for us, because it's real and it's really, really good. We uh, we honor you, we exalt you. You are an amazing God, Father. I I can't help but think about. This morning, right now, um, the thousands and millions of brothers and sisters that are worshiping you, that are praising you. But I also can't think about the thousands and millions of people that uh, haven't been loved by you or touched by you for somebody with your love. And may we respond, Father, Lord. And may we respond to you. Thank you for our time. of just being together, Lord, in this community. Personally, I pray. Amen.